Welcome back to the Gastroenterology Blues. Uh, I am Steve Lipman. I'm with Emily Anderson and Dan Volpone. Lots has happened. The last time we started talking, we were like, nothing really happened this week. And now a lot, a lot of it's happened this week. How has your week been, Emily Anderson? Go ahead. It's been good. I was at work when the, the big news happened. I guess I'm bearing the lead. but tell, tell me about how you found out. I was talking to my boss and I had my Apple watch on and it was just going crazy. Nice. It was like vibrating, vibrating. I was like, something's happening, something's happening. But I couldn't like be like, hold on, I need to check my phone. That would be very <laughs> rude. Um, so then as soon as we were done talking, I like whipped out my phone and I was like checking our Slack and that's how I found out. Wow. And did you, were you still with your boss when you checked out what happened or? No, I had like left the room and then I was like walking to my next like room I had to be in and I was looking then so wow Dan where were you when uh you found out about Daryl Morey yeah I was just I was just in my room doing some work and then uh like everyone else was busy so I ran a lap around the house I was very excited <laughs> do you I have woes like notifications so I had I had that yes. come pop right up and uh I, I my initial and current reaction is shock I have I completely did not expect them to do this and it's tough now because I have to reconcile my feelings about the owners and uh and the way that they arrived at this decision and and some of you know there's a, there's a million things to talk about in the in the Mori thing but were you guys similarly uh surprised uh like were you was this still on your radar at all what do you think Dan no I mean I'm I'm shocked because I didn't really think it was possible like we had we had said here like there's no way elton's gonna hire someone above him why would he want to do that right um even like my buddy uh chris klein who's like one of the like head editors at like the sixer sense like rival blog um he wrote a thing like a week ago that was like yeah daryl Morey to philly is just like a pipe dream uh -huh. like, I, like that's not gonna happen it's like that was a good way to put it and i was like that sounds about right so at the time who I, could say awesome. that he was wrong like there i mean there was oh, nothing no, wrong i would have agreed that. with him yeah yeah I'm, I can't believe it. And Maria? Yeah, I'm shocked. I think we all were kind of like resigned to the fact that this, we had some good hires we were excited about, um, but we were like, this is what the front office we're dealing with. And Elton doesn't have any really oversight over him, but because like, why would you hire a boss to when you could be our own boss? But it right. seems that someone did. I don't know. Was Elton the one that made this hire? No, the owners, right? No, like, yeah, I think this is definitely an ownership level yeah. sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, especially once they hired Dinwiddie and Karangwa, it was like, okay, these are the new front office guys. Like Alex Rucker still works here, but he doesn't have our phone number. Like he's not really going to work here. It's like, all that seemed like the move. Like it was Doc and it was those two guys. And then they were going to move forward. Uh, and especially there was no rumor before this, like the Woes tweet was the first like actual reporting about the Sixers and Maury on this go round and, and it was pretty nuts. Uh, you mentioned Elton, the news of today from uh, Shams Sharania uh, is that Elton is, he signed an extension, like a, a multi-year extension to come back as the GM under Maury. What are your reactions to Elton sticking around as GM, Emily? 
that was interesting to me because a lot then I started to hear things once Maury got hired was that Elton would want to bounce he was like this is not what I signed up for but it seems that he's happy that this is his new situation if he's going to sign that extension so <laughs> I'm excited a lot more excited now to see Elton as a GM with these other people in the front office and with Maury over him I I'm excited to see what he does with this leadership around him honestly Dan what about you yeah, I mean, I thought it was weird, but if anything, it just points more towards the idea that, like, Elton Brand is pretty much a PR guy. Um, <laughs> he's not really that involved in the basketball decisions. And I, I, I do think, like, pre-hire, and you were talking about, you know, there we hadn't heard about this, there were no rumors. I think that we should maybe appreciate the fact that this is the first thing the Sixers have ever done in the past two years. They didn't have rumors ahead of time. We didn't already know it was probably going to happen soon. Right. Um, so, but maybe Alex Rucker was the leak. I have no idea. But, but it, hopefully it seems like they've, they've patched that a bit. Yeah. Uh, Elton, it's hard because he was present for all of like the bad decisions over the last few years. But it became such a thing where nobody knows who to actually blame. And it, it seems pretty agreed upon that Elton was just like the human face of it to get shit on in the public and not actually the one with final say and like whatever like I like Elton he seems like a hard-working guy everybody likes him and what I thought was interesting is when he was sort of it seemed like he was deciding or the team was deciding about whether or not Elton would stay on under Maury Woj was like Elton Brand will be a GM in the league like any second if he leaves the team that surprises me I understand that people like him but for Woj to have that sort of confidence in Elton getting another like high profile job I, I don't know that surprised me so anyway uh Maury's gonna make all the decisions so it's like Elton being one of the guys that makes up the front office and I'm sure he's great in meetings and like he's an ex-player which I think players probably enjoy to a certain extent like sure I have no problem with Elton being here as like the GM in name uh underneath Maury uh because I'm, I'm so confident in Maury you know it's like for the first time since Sam left like I now have sort of implicit confidence that they're going to do the right thing. Whereas otherwise I had all of this worry every single second, there was a transaction that like, they're going to do like the dumbest thing they could possibly do. And uh, Emily, how will you adjust to like this newfound intelligence the Sixers have? Do you think it'll be hard for you personally? Um, I probably, I'm just used to being so angry about everything that they do <laughs> that it'll be, I think that'll be like my gut reaction. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, they didn't mess this up. And right. I do, I like what you are saying about, you know, having Daryl Morey making these decisions, but people like to deal with Elton. I think they kind of have like both sides of the coin now. They have this like super analytical person and then they have this player's guy. So they can kind of pick and choose when they're talking with different people, like who they want to put face first like is this a is this an Elton meeting or is this a Daryl meeting like they kind of have more like options now and I kind mm -hmm. of like that and I get it I definitely like for Elton's career too it feels like if you're going to be like the number two to Daryl Moore like when we think about potential GMs to hire at the end of the season it was like look at the good organizations with the best guys at the top and then who's second to that? You know, like, I think it can only help him, like, to, to yeah. have a proximity to Maury and, like, figure all that out there. Dan, what do you think about having new confidence in the Sixers' uh, ownership and sort of front office as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, the only 
I don't have confidence in the Sixers' ownership. I would say they they made one good decision after many bad ones. Yeah. Um, the only confidence that I have is that I do have confidence in Maury, and I think that hopefully ownership will be less involved um, at this point. Hopefully they'll be more hands-off. Hopefully, you know, as smart people do, they, you know, if you are trying to run something to the best of your ability, you hire an expert and you let the expert do their job. Right. Um, so hopefully, you know, they kind of step out of the way. And I, I am confident in the idea that it will be, you know, just Maury and who he wants making decisions, that Maury will have final say, that it won't be like Scott O'Neill talking Josh Harris into some like dumb shit surrounding how they're going to sell Horford jerseys. Yeah, I just don't think that like Daryl Morey has no need to come to the Sixers. I mean, they're in a decent position because they have two stars, but it's not like they're in this like unbelievable long-term position. Like there's no reason for him to come around here and like have to be including Scott O'Neill on like these calls so he can make the pamphlets. Like there's no, he would just wait. He would hang out until another job comes up. So like, I feel like the only reason you get him is because you give him autonomy and you pay him. And, uh, and because it's someplace he wants to be. Uh, the order of operations is, of course, wrong and uh, very Sixers-y. So how it happened, you know, the season ended, they fire Brett immediately. And the only thing that happened of real consequence after that is that they hire Doc Rivers. Uh, after Doc, Maury steps down, and we're all, like, begging for this red meat that they pursue Maury. The next thing we hear is that, uh, Peter Dinwiddie and Prosper Karangwa are hired. What do you think? How long did they know that like Maury was going to be the guy and how involved was he in those other decisions that are pretty big that happened before his official hiring? What do you, Emily, what do you think? I don't know. It, and it's so weird, this whole new thing where we don't know what's happening. It's like, normally I'm used to knowing like, because of the leaks in the organization, like, oh, they're yeah. talking to him. So, he, but I, I honestly have no idea the things that just like the general vibe I got from the hinky podcast, which I know that we'll talk about later. It seemed like the, the Maury deal happened pretty quick. Like, I don't know that it was in the works for a ton of time before Woj dropped it. That's just the vibe I get. But like I said, I don't have any idea besides like my gut feeling. Yeah. Dan, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I would I would imagine that that he may have been he may have had ideas run by him in the in the sense that like you know they were pursuing him for a while even if they weren't run by him they might know who he likes right like uh-huh. it's it's not a secret that he has a good relationship with Doc Rivers so you know it, it very well could have been that you know Daryl Morey wasn't ready to sign with the team the Sixers still knew they wanted him they knew he was you know the guy they were looking at for the future but he they were not at any kind of an agreement yet and the Sixers said no well we can't wait good coaches are all gonna get hired we have to make a move on the coaching front and they said you know I think that Doc Rivers would be a fine fit with Maury I think they could work well together get along and they you know liked him besides that and they they moved from there yeah I mean I can't you know they're agents and there are all these back channels that like the people running the Sixers executive search can go through to find out like Dinwiddie and Karangwa are these two guys that like Maury feels positively about. And like, it feels like, I don't think it happened quickly enough that they would hire anybody that's like prohibitive of like Daryl no longer being interested in the job. Uh, And Doc, you know, there are a lot of reports that Doc wanted 
to, or that Maury, Maury wanted to hire Doc in Houston before he stepped down there. Uh, so there definitely is some symmetry there uh, to that extent. Today, Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice, uh, he actually reported within his article about Brand's extension that someone is going to be hired above Dinwiddie and Karangua. Uh, that I don't, I don't think Kyle tweeted it, but it was in his article, so it's, uh, I'm sure it's good insight. Uh, Shane Battier is somebody that I, I forget who mentioned during the week. Would you like to add Shane Battier? Shane Battier like loves Hinky and Maury. I know that. Um, I think it would be. I think it might have been Tom Haberstra who said yeah. that. Tom, friend of the pod. Um, so what do you think? Come on the pod. Yeah, after Keith. Dan, what do you think about uh, Battier or just the idea of somebody coming in, I guess, beneath Brand but above those two new guys? Yeah, I mean, sure. But why not, right? Like, I don't think you can have it's, – it's, maybe you can, like with Joshua Harris, right? There were too many voices, right? There were, there were too many people. They were not equal. Um, or they, like, for all we know, they were. Um, yeah. But here, in this case, I don't think you can have too many voices for someone like Maury who, you know, especially after listening to the, the Hinky Pod, right, who, who likes to get a lot of information, who is good at handling a lot of information and knows what to do with a lot of information other than just, um, you know, getting overwhelmed and picking a person who they trust, you know, someone who can understand there's different perspectives, you know, different people who have a different view of things and and use all of it to make a decision in a good way instead of getting overwhelmed and screwing it up. Yeah. It's similar to, we've talked about like the doc hire and how we can hire assistant coaches who, and we'll talk about that later, like, and not feel threatened by their stature in the league. Whereas like Maury can get as many strong voices and diverse voices in the room as possible because he has such a strong foothold of his own avenue in the league. Emily, what do you think about uh, anything else that's set to happen with the front office. Yeah, I'm always happy to have more people in the front office, more smart people, not just more people. But what would the title be? Like, do we know? Like, I don't know what would be above those two guys. Like, I don't really know. Are they just going to make something up? Create a title, right. Create some, like, anomalous title that is, like, you know, above, you know, below Elton, but above Dinwiddie, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But and yeah, sure, be, add more smart people. Yeah, I guess that would be like a direct hire from Daryl when he comes in. So I guess he would want to do that. Um, the Hinky angle to all of this is pretty hard to ignore. Uh, Hinky was like a disciple of Daryl's in Houston, came here, did the process. I thought also like another layer of this whole thing was that because of his proximity to Hinky, and I know that they're close, uh, Daryl wouldn't sign on with these owners because like the owners are the people that fucked over Sam. So I guess I'm surprised that he ended up doing this. Um, a little less surprised, I guess, when I listened to the, the pod about Hinky, which we're just going to tease that until next week. And we'll talk about that next week. But uh, what do you think about like the idea that, that like Sam was Daryl's guy and now Daryl is here. Like, is, is there some sort of symmetry in terms of the process that, that you feel good about Emily? I mean, I definitely feel good about it. I think part of me thinks that the ownership thinks that the fans are just really dumb and don't know that that Sam was a Daryl's guy. They're like, oh, they don't know that this is like, they don't know this is a connection or they don't even know who the process GM was. Like, I think that, <laughs> and I honestly don't even know what 
percentage of Sixers fans are like true process people. Like I know that the people that I listen to and I read are, but like the people that, you know, Scott O'Neill cares about, I don't know what number of those people are, would even know about this connection, but it does make me feel good. And I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm happy (laughs) to have someone that Sam trusts and Sam listens to. And they're on the same page, like running our organization. I like that idea. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? It seems like the closest thing we're going to get to, like, every. I feel like everybody would love to just see, like, Josh Harris be like, I'm a big dumb idiot. Like, I hire dumb people. I listen to the wrong people. And this is the closest we're going to get to, like, I fucked up. Like, we're, we're going to go back to how it used to be because it was better before. The people that we liked, he's finally acknowledging these were the people who were smarter, who knew what they were doing. And, you know, you know, Adam Silver getting involved and, and the Colangelos and whoever the hell, like, Alex Rucker is, like, Scott O'Neill, like, these people were, you know, receiving too much influence uh, or given, I'm sorry, given too much influence over team decision away from that and move back to the type of decision making that, you know, got us our two best players in the first place. Yeah, so uh, apparently tomorrow... Uh, Monday, the day that you're hearing this, will be the day that uh, there's an official announcement and a press conference with Maury and Harris and Doc Rivers and Elton. And I, I, how fun would it be if Josh Harris was like, you know, I made a mistake. Like, because when, when they became owners, they did hire Hinky with this vision. Like, that is somewhere within them to, like, empower somebody like this. And clearly, they just – they got totally – you know, manhandled by the rest of the league. Um, but I think it would be so fun if, you know, I'll never like Josh Harris, but I think I would appreciate a, a dear apology to Sixers fans for the whole thing. Uh, the war on analytics appears to be over. Uh, there is a lot of reporting through uh, sources that the Sixers must stop with all the math. And uh, I don't really know. It seems to me, and you guys can tell me what you think, but like, it seems to me like that's all Alex Rucker stuff. Like that is Scott O'Neill or Elton or whomever being like Rucker, who was the analytics guy in the front office, fuck this all up. Like it's not us. could be us. It was Alex Rucker. And, uh, and actually Sixers Adam, who's a sweet boy. He uh, tweeted today. He's a sweet boy. He is in my opinion. <laughs> what? Do you want to disagree? <laughs> Uh, I think Adam's a good kid. (laughs) He tweeted that former Sixers executive vice president of basketball operations, Alex Rucker, is out. A team source tells uh, Rex Ricky Sanchez podcast. As Daryl Morey enters, one of the pivotal front office names uh, of the last few years exit. So Rucker is completely out. I definitely think that uh, (laughs) the Sixers' problem with analytics is is really just talking about Rucker. And and hopefully now that he's out, I know they've hired – like the analytics guy, they can cool it with some of that. Dan, what do you think about Sixers Adam? <laughs> yeah, I think he, I mean, I agree he's a sweet boy. I never thought to phrase it that way, but I think you're right. I only um, think to phrase it that way. We're <laughs> olds, Dan. We He's a sweet <laughs> yeah. boy to us. Right, the olds. Um, but yeah, no, I like in terms of the analytics stuff, I mean, you, you could be right. Obviously, if they really felt that way, they probably wouldn't have brought Maury in. I'm a little bit confused why Keith Pompey was repeating this, like maybe like without more skepticism. Like, I mean, you kind of just put a theory on it right now and he was 
in all of his pieces, there was there were like random shots at analytics and even things that had nothing to do with with the idea of bashing analytics and it was constantly coming up. So clearly that's not real. Like that's not an actual issue that they're that they had. They weren't like mad at numbers or anything. Right. So what like what's the deal like Keith why were you not able to, like can you come on the pod and tell us why you weren't able to differentiate we'll in person things? right yeah right I'm not talking about him behind his back mm -hmm. I'd love to have I think he's a great guy I'm just a little confused about his reporting here I'd love to ask him about it he went to Pitt love you Keith great Emily I don't remember what the question is so hopefully you do something about analytics yeah it was Alex... if Sixers Adam is a sweet boy or Ooh, yes okay. agreed sweet boy <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Alex Rucker was the problem. I think this is what all of these things are pointing to. I'm wondering if him and Keith are good pals, maybe. And that's where Keith's war on analytics comes from. I'm wondering if like Alex Rucker is a little younger than Daryl. Maybe he was like a disciple of like common core math. And we're like, that's the wrong math. We want the mm -hmm. old fashioned math. So we're going to try this math and see if it works. It's as good a guess as any. Honestly. Yeah, I didn't know there were different types of math. Can you talk more about that? I'm, that's wild. Yeah, Emily, talk some more about math. What do you think? <laughs> I just know that the way they teach math in school now is not the way they taught math when I was in school. And I'm making myself sound like really old. Like this let me get my abacus my out yeah. and like count numbers. You, you should have seen how I learned to multiply. It was a disaster and it took like 10 minutes. It was common core. It's like squares and stuff. Did you do squares? It, they called it lattice and you had to like make like a like tic-tac-toe looking thing. Yeah. Really? It was crazy. And I got to high school and I couldn't multiply like a normal person and it took me forever to do problems without a calculator. Wait, so were you getting taught a different way than your peers? No, we, my, so my grade in my high school, well not high school, like my elementary school, they like switched curriculums the year after me. So like my oh. girlfriend's a year younger and she knows how to multiply and divide like a normal person. And I don't know how to do any of that. I still can't do long division by hand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Wow. So I, they screwed me up. So you're anti-analytics. Is that your official stance? I, whatever Emily said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to agree. I think I, Alex I really Rucker learned it, to do math like Dan. That's my guess. Yes. Poor and guy. So that could have been it. That could have been it. Didn't stand a chance. It's the yeah. school system. Uh, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Uh, when it comes to Daryl Morey, he has a long history in the league. What do you think of, that he's going to do? You know, there's not much time now. There's, uh, you know, the NBA is really trying to do the start of the league on December 22nd. I think there's too much money to be lost there for that not to go through. I, you know, clearly the NBA Players Association isn't crazy about that, but I feel like they'll find a way to get them to do that because the, you know, Board of Governors is more powerful than the players, unfortunately. So that's what I think is going to happen. And then it's a real sprint. You know, the draft is in like two weeks and then free agency right after that and then training camp really. So uh, what do you expect in terms of Maury in the draft, like his overall philosophy and like how aggressive he'll be right away with this short window? Emily, what do you think? Um, my idea is that it's going to be good because I think that Daryl Maury he seems like the kind of guy that is like the Sixers are a giant problem. And even when he was working for the Rockets, I kind of think like it's the kind of thing he would just talk to people about like for fun or like think about in his off time, just like, how could I fix the Sixers? Sure. Like, what would I do? Like, I think it's like a complicated puzzle for him. And so I think he's been mulling this over for a while. So I think he'll be ready to like jump right in. Yeah. Dan, you? I think he's definitely prepared. 
like not not just because of you know the fact that the Sixers are like this interesting weird experiment, but um, but also because obviously he was prepping for the draft in Houston, he probably did not stop prepping for the draft because he knew you know as soon as he stepped down from that job, it was immediately came out he uh, Daryl Morey wants to stay in the league. He does not want to take a year off. So you know based on you know the kind of thinking that he seems to have assuming he's something like what Sam outlined then I would imagine he was still doing draft stuff uh over the you know month or so or whatever it was that he was off time doesn't make sense anymore um I think he will be aggressive I think he'll um you know I because these you know the the reason we like Tinky and I think you know this is something he has in common with Maury is that they're very championship focused so if you look at these Sixers and say, by the time the Tobias Harris contract is up, uh, you know, Joel's going to be 30. Uh, so you can't just sit around and say, okay, well, we have to wait to get off of these guys, but we'll just kind of build for now. And then once that's up and, and even once the Harris contract is up, they probably still won't have cap space. So there's no clear way out of this. And I think like, kind of like Emily said, it's like a puzzle. It's going in his head. You know, how can we take this team that doesn't have it right now I think we might see a win now move. I hope we see a win now move because yeah. the window is not forever. Yeah. I mean, no executive in the league has made more trades than Daryl since Daryl came into power in Houston. Um, I, if I had to like make one prediction, I would predict that we don't use that first round pick. Like I feel like coming from where they're coming from with Al and Tobias, like they have negative value and they might have to tie a pick that while it's a nice pick and while there are good players that I'm sure will be around then that like can help rebalance the team and get somebody, you know, can contribute in a specific way. Now, you know, I don't, I don't think that this project, you know, him and Sam think a lot alike, but the team that Sam inherited is so different than the one that Daryl did. Um, so I am writing a piece, hold your applause uh, about some former Maury players that the Sixers could target. Um, I want to run these by you and you give me quick thoughts. Three seconds or less. Pat Beverly, Eric Gordon, uh, Robert Covington, who I adore, Lou Williams, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul. What do we think about that group of players? You know, these are players that in my mind will be available to, to one extent or another. And they all have Daryl ties. Uh, a few of them have Doc Rivers ties. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm into it. Loud car going by. Dan hates loud cars. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'm into I'm into all of it except Lou Williams. He was kind of a mess in the playoffs this year. But you know, Lowry, Paul would love to get a guy like that. Beverly, meh, fine. I don't know the 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 Pat Bev fools y'all. Uh, Russell Westbrook <laughs> quote is an all time great. So sure, why not? Yeah, <laughs> Emily. Um, yeah, I'm into all like all of these players. Um, I actually really like Pat Bev. I just think he brings like a fun intensity to the court. I just like to watch him play. I don't care if he's like, I mean, I care if he's bad in the playoffs, but I just like him. Same with Robert Covington. He's my all-time favorite Philadelphia athlete, always will be. So yeah, do them all, not all of them. Can't do all of them. Do some of them. I'd love it. I love Covington I love so Covington. much. Oh my oh. God. Like okay. I don't, doesn't like I just want him back like I just love him so much he is the best I like I just absolutely adore him he was um I met him at an event once and so I had a picture with him and it was like my profile picture for the longest time and so I would invite 
people that like my new school friends to like my housewarming party and they were like is that your boyfriend and I was like, <laughs> don't I wish like <laughs> my boyfriend is six foot nine <laughs> Jordy's not even offended by it and then my friend was like do you know Robert Covington I just want to be like yes I do <laughs> <laughs> noted snake enthusiast Robert Covington he's I would... so cool and oh, like, I love him Daryl and Sam have both like lusted after Covington for forever they both talked about how like he is the holy grail of like their kind of player. So, uh, you know, if the new Rockets management isn't as like in love with him and let's say they won an actual center, I do think something could be done there, uh, you know, if it works for both sides. So would absolutely love Covington. Kyle Lowry's great. Uh, he's in the last year of his contract and the Raptors are set to lose like Gasol and Van Vliet and Ibaka. So they might pivot in some way. So uh, it, it, seemed, it would make some sense. He's in the last year of his deal. He's old, but he's really good. Uh, and obviously Chris Paul is like option probably 1A of all of them. The uh, love so, of Dan's life right now. Love of Dan's life. Um, Dan loves Chris Paul, hates loud cars. The <laughs> next thing that happened sure. that was another huge surprise is that Pablo Torre on ESPN did like an hour and a half long podcast with Sam Hinkie. We haven't seen much of Sam at all, you know, since for years. You know, he just doesn't talk much. And uh, so you, uh, did you guys both get a chance to listen to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. To it. There, I mean, it's pretty wild to hear him for that long talk about it. Now, there's some stuff that he won't do. He won't, like, shit on the owners. He won't – he seems, at least outwardly, very understanding of the different positions people in the league are in and – and how he, he made mistakes and all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he talked about how he talks to Joel frequently and how they're just friends, and Joel will call him about life stuff. Uh, I, problems I, by him? I know. How sweet is that? I need, like, a... I'm going to run my problems by Sam. Like, Me too. Joe probably sent a birth announcement for Arthur to Sam. Like, oh, my God. Like, we welcome, you know, like... That would be what amazing. A, what a life. Think about how long before we did, Sam knew that... Joel was going to have a baby. Wow. Right. right. And he didn't he say a word. Did. Yeah. He probably, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, so Hinky, I guess, said that the impetus for that conversation was to talk about how much he loves Daryl and how much of a great move it is. Uh, and then he, he talked about some of his investment stuff that I don't give a shit about. Uh, <laughs> what, what did you guys think about the conversation that Sam had with Pablo, Emily? Um, it was great. Yeah. I also really liked when... I was like, they were like an hour in and Pablo was like, okay, I'm just anything else you want to talk about. I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I was like, oh, it's the last 45 minutes of this, like whatever ESPN daily normally is like, I don't listen to that. Uh-huh. And then it was still 45 minutes more of Sam. He's like, he just wanted to keep talking. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed that. My other favorite part was when Pablo was like, what do you, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear like certain statements and he went with the still ball and tweet about Adam Silver saving the Sixers and Sam just goes, cool. <laughs> I'm like, I want that as like, I just want that sound bite to like yeah. be played all the time. Just yeah. Cool. That was great. Uh, Dan, what did you think of Sam? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I loved hearing, you know, how, what he thought about things, how he thought in general, uh, his like Sixers specific thoughts and, you know, hearing like, I, like, I didn't care about what he's doing, but it's nice to hear him talk about him and, like, what he's doing. Like, I, I don't care, but he's passionate about it. I'm glad he's happy. 
so it was it was nice to hear from him. Yeah, and and he did draw like a parallel between the job in the Sixers and what he's doing now in terms of like taking something from a low point and seeing it long term through to the end, you know, which is, I guess, cool. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he. They asked him about. He talked about Embiid and how much he loves Embiid and how good he is, and that's great. Um, I wish that he would have admitted to some of like the sadness that I'm sure he felt when Embiid started playing, but he was no longer there. You know, like that was his main thing. Uh, he talked about Ben Simmons and brought up something I definitely agree with in like, just like Ben becoming a son of a bitch, getting to the basket and getting fouled, you know, like just get fouled, get to the free throw line 10 times a game, I think is like really smart. And I'm sure something that Maury and Doc are going to try to optimize with Simmons. Cause like he absolutely has that capacity in him if he's willing to do it. So uh, yeah, I hope that that happens. And uh, it was cool to hear, you know, him talk and like just to hear they you know Pablo talked to him about the Okafor pick and how like that seems like a pretty big L and and Hinky was like yeah you have to take all of the like that's the job is that he would not pass the buck not that I would expect him to but he would not my favorite theory is that like Josh Harris loved Julio Okafor and made him pick him uh, but that's just because it's like what we do with Horford where we put like the bad qualities onto somebody else um all right uh so the other thing that happened wednesday was a huge day for sixers news after the maury thing a bunch of assistant coach hires uh were announced tim bontemp said that the sixers are hiring longtime pacers assistant dan burke dan burke is the guy uh who infamously was talking about Embiid and how he gets away with so much stuff with reps and how he can't stand the sixers great love it bring him right in um He's supposed to be a great defensive coach. The Pacers' defense is always good. He's, he was in Indiana for like 20 years. David Aldridge said that uh, Docker is expected to elevate former head video coordinator with the Clippers, Pete Dominguez, to an associate coach position. Then the big one, uh, the Sixers got Sam Cassell, who did not end up getting a head coaching job. Uh, so he'll be on uh, Doc's staff. Uh, Doc retained Eric Hughes, who was a, an assistant coach under Brett. And uh, Brian Adams, the singer, is joining Doc's staff uh, with the Sixers, and he was the G, the G League coach for the Clippers affiliate. Uh, all right, lots of head coaches. What do you guys think about all of them or some of them, whatever? Dan? Yeah, I like it. Bring, bring in talented people. Um, I don't think you have to worry about, you know, the, like, ambitious number two kind of thing. I mean, Doc has so much respect. Everyone knows he's, he's going to be here there's no way he's not here for at least a few years. I mean, he's going to be given a chance to to work with this roster. So I don't think there's any there's any issue there in terms of like, a, you know, how long is this coach? Like, there's some hires where you're like, okay, it feels like they're hiring him to eventually be the head coach. That's doesn't feel like the case. You know, it's okay if, if Sam Cassell gets a job somewhere else next year. Great. I'm glad we had a year with him. Um, so I think it's great. Bring in, bring in, you know, the people you think are talented. Dan Burke seems like kind of an ass, but if he's if he's a good coach, then great. Joel seems like he didn't care, so whatever. Guys, I was talking oh. on mute. I'm so I sorry. I thought my computer was messed up. I was talking out loud on mute, staying in the podcast. <laughs> um, Joel did tweet about how uh, how like now we, meaning him and Dan Burke, can enjoy what the league get lets him get away with. Uh, together, which is funny. Joel seems very in on like this whole offseason, which is a welcome change from last year where we didn't hear yes. from him until the season started. And he was like 
he was like clinically depressed about JJ Redick leaving the team, which was like a nightmare. Uh, Emily, these assistant coaches, what do you think of them? Yeah, I mean, like Dan said, bring in talented people. Um, they all have had like pretty high profile jobs in the league. I like that people want to come here. It makes me excited that they have new ideas and there's things that they're interested in doing and working with. Like you don't really go to a job to do this, like switch. I mean, I guess if you're fired, you do, but I don't know how many of these people, I think doc just like poached them. Mm. Like there's something you want to try. There's something that you're excited about doing with this team. You think that they have a high ceiling, things like that. So that's all very encouraging to me. And I'm excited to see the kinds of new ideas that they implement with whatever roster we end up starting the season with. Great. Um, uh, here's a break for an ad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're back. So we are, I guess, 45 minutes into the podcast. We've got three things left. What, we've got the most likely game, all very essential. The Bachelorette chat and the new uniform stuff. What do you think? Do we do all three? Do we do two of the three? Do we stop talking right now? Dan? Whatever you like. Great. Emily? Uniform is most essential to me. I'm so excited. All right. All three. Most likely game. Dan, I believe that you uh, were in charge of this week, so go for it. All right. I'm ready. Uh, does, who, does anyone want to go first? Do we, do we really care? Okay, no. Steve, you're going first. Love it. All right. So we have an election coming up. We've, we've seen some athlete endorsements. We know Ben Simmons voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> Who is most likely to endorse Trump before election day? Oh, my God. I, I, you know, I think that going first is a real, a real helping hand here to me because I think Al Horford, there's something about him that uh, we give all the bad stuff to. Uh, so it's got to be Horford. I don't know if you saw the way he played against the Celtics, but that's a Trump supporter. Uh, so yeah, I think that Horford, yeah, I think he had some weird follows at one point, like he was following Ben Shapiro's. I, I might be wrong about that. And if I am, I don't really care all that much. But yeah, so I'll say Horford is a Trump supporter. Yeah, I think I'll add on to your argument a little bit. I think letting good things happen to Gordon Hayward is a Trump supporting thing to do. So Emily, what do you think? Who is it? Um, I am literally, I was like thinking about how I could spin someone, but I'm like literally going to throw this away and say 
Glenn Robinson because I never pick Glenn Robinson. I don't know that much about him. I won't be using him later in the game. So I'm just throwing this one away. That is smart because if it was me and Horford was gone, I might have played the broke off card. But I thought that. about it, but I don't want to waste it. You need the broke off card. Yeah. The, 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 the white guy card. Just yeah. From. Yeah. No. All right. So I'm going to give that one to Emily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of Steve. Emily goes first. All right, so November is here. We're recording on November 1st. It'll be out on November 2nd. So which Sixer is most likely to participate in No Shave November? Hmm. All right, I like this one. Let's see. Thank you. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Tobias. I think he's very community and like civically minded. He doesn't really, he has some facial hair. So I know he can grow it without it looking terrible, but not like a full on like Kylo Quinn beard where his is too, he's made too much commitment to let his beard get scraggly. Like he would need to, to keep it manscaped if you will. And I think, so I'm going to say, say Tobias. All right, Steve, what you got? So I, hmm, I was thinking about a few different guys on the team, but there are a few that like, it's definitely not. Like Matisse can't grow any facial hair. Um, I think it's Embiid. Embiid, honestly, for as much as he became like a social media maven, is not on social media a ton. So I could see him, I don't know if he would necessarily participate with like the hashtag of no shave November, but not shaving in November I feel like he could do that because he's got a newborn and he's, you know, mourning the death of his dog, I'm sure. You know, I think that Embiid could be the person. Okay, I'm going to give that one to Emily. So so we're tied up one-to-one. This next one is, we haven't done one like this before. So this is a a two-for-one. Wow, okay. So I I need two people. Oh, my God. It's still just one point, but you have to give me two people. What is our secret Sixers beef? Oh. Okay. Who does not get along? You hear nothing about it, but like secretly, they just don't like each other. All right. All right. Let's see. Who hates each other? All right. I got it. Mariel Shayok fucking hates Howell Neto. <laughs> Can not stand him. Thinks he's annoying doesn't like anything about him, is definitely jealous of how good-looking he is, just can't stand him. I, I, I mean, I, that, that I think would be a lot of fun if, like, these two inconsequential guys on the team, if, like, Shayok couldn't stand him and Meadows, like, he's just like, why does this guy fucking hate me? I don't know what to tell you. So a, this is a one-way beef. This is a one-way beef. And Meadows, like, asking people, he's like, listen, Ariel doesn't like me. Did I do st- – does he like you? I don't understand. Does he like you? Does he like you? I don't get it. I like it. I like it. Emily, who is mm-hmm. it? Okay. My beef is also one way. Um, and I think it's that Furcon does not like Matisse. <clears throat> oh, I can because see that. Okay. Yeah. He he started to make rival videos. He was like, this kid thinks he can make videos. Look at my videos. Watch right. these videos. My videos have gone international. <laughs> like, 
these YouTube videos he got on Jimmy Kimmel and Fergon was pissed and he was like no so I think that that is but like Matisse likes everyone so he's like oblivious to it but Fergon just like is pissed about this video situation yeah and that's what I'm gonna go with and they compete for minutes yeah yeah listen I was so ready to give it to Steve because he said it was such passion but I think Emily has the reasoning <laughs> Definitely. so I'm gonna give it to, I'm gonna give it to Emily she that was a great question that was a great question. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Emily, you go first here. Okay. Who do you th- who do you think on the Sixers is most likely to have a favorite team besides the Sixers that they regularly regularly root for? They're watching another team in the league. They even if they don't see the game, they're like watching the standings, like hoping they do well. I'm gonna say that it's Joel. Because, one, we know that he has a lot of other competing team interests. He's a Packers fan. He doesn't regularly root for the Eagles. He, like, is vocal about his Packers support. So, like, his his base of fandom doesn't lie in Philadelphia. Um, he openly talks about how he, like, has friends on other teams. I'm pretty sure he was, like, tweeting about Jimmy Butler when the Heat were in the playoffs. So, I think that he – he like wishes good things on other teams in the league. And I think he has another favorite, especially like not growing up in the United States. He probably like lob, like a lot of times people like will lob on to like a big name, like a Lakers or a Knicks. And so growing up, that's probably what he could see. And so I think he has an, a team. He won't tell us, but I think he has one. Okay. I, I was very worried that you were going to take my answer. It's Al, Hor- Al Horford is still a Celtics fan. <laughs> I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He didn't pretend to even try to be good on the Sixers. Like, you know, he's, his sister is like a, a flamboyant Celtics fan. She like will not pretend anymore that she's like, that she doesn't fucking hate the Sixers. And uh, yeah, so Horford is checking like, you know, fucking, what's that backup point guard? Now I can't remember his name. Wanamaker? Yes, Brad Wanamaker. He's on Wanamaker's basketball reference page every day being like, wow, good shooting Brad. And like, yeah, he's a, he's a <laughs> Yeah, listen, Emily, I liked your answer, but it's definitely Al Horford. Yeah. All right, two to two, two to two. Steve, Steve goes first here. All right. Who is most likely to be very passionate and spend a lot of their free time Paying attention to fantasy football. Oh, um, okay. I'm going to go with... Uh, before you answer, before you answer, I have Dalvin Cook on my fantasy football team. He had like 47 points today. It was awesome. Great I'm job, good. Dan. Way had to, to get that in there. Mazel okay, go ahead. All right. Thank you. Um, Mike Scott. Mike Scott uh, is a Redskins fan. We know, well, no, no longer Redskins. Mm, Washington football team. Shouldn't have been Redskins for a long time. Wild. A team was named Redskins last year. Unbelievable. Um, Mike Scott is a Washington football team fan. Uh, He beat up a bunch of Eagles fans at a tailgate. Wonderful. Love it. Um, We just know that he's very into uh, the NFL and football. So, and I feel like he's got free time. He likes, you know, whatever. It's Mike Scott, I think. All right, okay. I'm going to go – that's a good answer. I'm going to go with Ryan Brokoff. I think <laughs> that we don't know what else he's doing. 
He doesn't really. Is he working out? Is he on the Sixers? No. I'll tell you what he's not doing is responding to our DMs. That's, <laughs> That's he's not. Because right. he's checking his fantasy football team. He's yeah. just like a generic white dude, and that's what generic white dudes do. They play fantasy football. Oh, yes. We are great, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Um, I'll give it to the Brokoff card there. Nice. Three to to Emily. Emily goes first here. All right. All right. Who on the Sixers is most likely to get a piercing somewhere other than their ear? Hmm. I am going to say Josh Richardson. I have this in my mind. We've I've talked about it before. He went to Tennessee. I feel like piercings happen at backwoods parties in Tennessee. He played in Miami. We all know that's a party town. I just think that he's got a party side, a little bit of a wild side. And if he had a nipple piercing, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, wow. See, I was thinking I could see him with, like, a nose stud or something, but... Uh, no, right. I'm going, like, hidden piercing, yeah. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right, I'll go even more hidden. I think Norvell Pell has one of those Prince Alberts. <laughs> That's what I think. Dan, that might be before your time, but that is when a, a gentleman pierces his nether region. I think that Norvell Pell is down to clown, and he has one of those. <laughs> All right, well, Steve said down to clown, so I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> Fair. So we're 3-3. Three, three. Oh, my God. What a game. We're 3-3 three, we're three, three here. And for game seven, Steve gets to go first. And the question is, which sixer is most likely to still believe that Jaleel Okafor would be a good NBA player if someone just gave him a shot? It's hard to do Horford three times in a game. Um, all right, which – which player still thinks that Horford would be a good player if they gave him a shot? No, Okafor, Okafor. Yes, I'm sorry. What's the difference? Um, I, man, it's tough. Is that an under-discussed trade possibility, Horford for Okafor? Ooh, who says no, you know? <laughs> um, I think that Kyle Quinn is a big man, and he – you know, he talked about in one of Matisse's videos about like how he played against Elton Brand. So I feel like there's a chance that Kylo Quinn is still back in that 90s style of play and probably still has affinity for it and still believes in it. Look at the raw tools of Jaleel Okafor. He's got slow feet and bad hands. Who wouldn't want him? But his hands are huge. Have you they seen him big. hold a basketball? Yeah, exactly. Do you know how many tennis balls this guy can hold at once? If ever that came up in a game, (laughs) if ever they blew the whistle and 40 seconds left, and they're like, all right, tennis holding competition. (laughs) For the win. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'll say Kylo Quinn believes in, like, the big man of yesteryear. Okay. Okay. I feel like Al Horford is the easy answer here. But I don't want to take the easy answer, and I haven't used Al Horford twice like Steve, so I really could. But I'm going to play – I'm going to play the other card, and I'm going to say Zaire. Wow. Okay. I think because Zaire is a guy that was, like, more – like, a higher draft pick, not three or whatever Okafor was, but, like, higher picked – and he is like, I haven't really got my chance. I got a really raw deal. And I think that this guy got a raw deal too. And I think just like me, 
if someone yeah. gave him a real chance and gave him his minutes, that we could make a dent in this league. Yeah. That reminds me of the, uh, the recent uh, people were like, is this a Zaire Smith burner? Because someone was saying that the Sixers poisoned Zaire Smith because they were worried that he was going to outshine Joel and Ben. Yeah. So I, I could, that seems a little bit like a free job kind of sentiment there. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. I'm going to say that the winner is Emily. Wow. Yes. Emily, Emily pulls it out with Zaire Smith. I feel like Emily's I'm, won the most of this. I don't it was know. A I unique like I Zaire don't use. I know. I was gonna talk about how being sick like addled his brain, but I didn't want to put that on him, <laughs> so I went a different route. Emily, I literally when I was thinking that I'm trying to think of how can I like shoehorn this into Zaire being like chronically sick. Or, <laughs> um, that Perfect. was good. I, that when you Dan, when you said free job, it reminded me of I, I wish I remember who tweeted this, but when free job was like a hashtag, they were like somebody was like. No, it, that's actually what the Sixers front office is saying. They're saying free job. Like, he's free. <laughs> Get him for nothing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's bounce around the bachelorette just a little bit. Yosef was uh, – he, he told uh, Claire that he was appalled by the shirtless dodgeball. I don't know what team – like, what show he thought he was on. Like, that's awesome. Not like, you're not at, like, the priesthood. Like, this is a fucking ABC <laughs> show. Where all these people fuck each other at the end of the season. <laughs> like, I don't want my daughter to see that. He's screaming at her on television. It's like, no, my daughter can't see me shirtless. Um, then Claire- Speaking of, but I don't know if you guys are on deep Bachelorette Instagram like I am, Mm-mm. but there are many Instagram pictures of shirtless Yosef modeling underwear on Instagram. So he's just so funny. a continuous hypocrite. Nice. Wow. See you on Paradise. That's fine. See you on Paradise. Yeah, right. Um, so then what ha- then they do like a roast. They they roast people and uh they told a lot of jokes about Dale. None no jokes about his small ears, big None missed opportunity. Fun. Yeah, big missed opportunity. And then they, uh, Claire spent the rest of the episode sort of chastising them for making jokes about who she now calls her fiance. So uh wow. really great stuff. Uh what do you what did you guys think of the episode? Yeah, I, like, I thought the Yosef thing, like, he's such a tool, but I thought it was great. Like, like, what a dick, but what a moment in the show. Great television. You could see, yeah, you could see, like, he started off, and he was like, I just want to leave. Like, I don't like Claire. Like, whatever. And then he's going after it. He's, like, you can see it. There's, like, a moment in his face. He starts feeling himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, I think this could get me, like, on paradise. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. And he's like, he ends up saying he's ashamed to be associated with her. I was like, holy shit. He's like, he's like, you could never be the mother of my children. I was like, I, whoa, this is, this is just wild stuff. Like, unreal. I, was, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. Emily? Yeah, that was really wild. Yosef sucks, but <laughs> great, great television moment. I enjoyed at the end of the episode when she went on the date with the guys well first she like canceled the day portion of the date because she like couldn't be bothered because she was too busy putting dale's pants on her face yeah what was that <laughs> and then They're like we ran out of we ran out of time in the afternoon it's a tv show they have it all out. Like, i don't know and then she was like can we hurry this date up like she was did not care about any of them gave herself a rose and was just like i'm tired of you all oh i almost forgot uh, to talk about this so Dale and her are like dry humping for 45 minutes. Dale comes back <laughs> out and they're all like, hey man, not fun for us out here while you were doing that. 
So then Dale goes back in to talk to Claire again, interrupts another guy, get him out of here. Then they're kissing. So <laughs> Dale- Because I didn't know she'd be in there. Dale could not form a sentence. It was so funny. Like the way that Dale was like, they were like, what was up with that? And he goes, no, no, no. I thought I went to the bathroom and then I wanted to see what it was called. It's like, just, just say I wanted, yeah, sorry. Like, I, I don't know. Like he said, I didn't know she would be there. What other reason would you walk into her house for? Yeah, for just thanks. snooping? What, why would you think she wasn't there? She lives there. He could not say a, a cogent sentence. Emily, did you catch that? Yeah. And my favorite tweet of the night was someone tweeted like, a gif of the from the last dance when Dennis Rodman is explaining and he's like dude do, do, and his like hands are going everywhere it's like Dale when trying to explain where he was <laughs> was that great. was my favorite it was so funny it was great I wish that they're all like band of brothers and and like you know how could you possibly like I wish Dale would be like hey I don't actually give a fuck about being your friend like yeah we're all trying to date the same woman she likes me way more than she likes you like I'm so we're not going to be pals after this but like um, this is what I'm here. I don't know. I thought I am good. excited for Tasha from the water because, which was just like a weird. Because she looked great. She looked great, but there was just like a weird choice to like have her come out of the water. It like reminded me of like, the yeah. Little Mermaid. <laughs> it was odd, but is this someone is she from a previous Bachelor thing? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. from Colton season. She was like third place on Colton season. She was great in Paradise. She seems lovely. She's like thirty, so she's a little older. So like closer to some of these guys age versus like Hannah Brown who was 24. Got it. Um but like I'm excited because a lot of these guys seem like good guys. They seem nice, they seem great and so I'm excited for them to get like a legitimate chance because they don't have one right now. Happen? Do you think that they're going to bring her in with all these guys or are they going to get a crop of new guys? I think they might bring in a couple new guys or like bring back guys that Claire had already like left but I think that these guys will be her guys too. Got well, it's funny because at least what I've seen is like they they say a lot of like I came on this season because of you and like I when I saw you and now there's none of that so it's like she's new and I'm yeah. I'm excited for it. That'd um, be great. Uh, all right, the last thing that we have is some hot off the presses Jersey talk. Chris Heck, who is I think the president of the Sixers, re- responded to a 2017 tweet about Ben Simmons and. It's like, let's, I guess that I think the tweet is deleted, but Ben had tweeted about wanting the black Iverson jerseys uh, to come back. And then uh, Chris Heck now followed up with this and said, add on a couple of all-star games later and still on brand, I guess. Uh, a deal is a deal. Uh, and then Chris Heck did new profile pick and it's Iverson in the black jerseys. Um, I, what do you guys think? Are you guys big uniform jersey people? Uh, what do you think about the black jerseys? I do think that black jerseys would be much less cool if Iverson didn't wear them. Uh, but sure, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I like them as an alternate. I am. Um, I'm not like a like. I don't know. I don't like. I don't know how to use Photoshop or anything like that. So I'm not like constantly like crafting jerseys or whatever. But but you know, I think it's. I think a, a good jersey is important. I mean, like if the team is good. And I want to buy a jersey. I don't look like want to look like an idiot walking around in like a half glow in the dark Hawks jersey, right? right? So, like, I think it's important to have good jerseys. The blacks are fine. They'd be a good alternate. Like, I'd like to see them wear them once in a while, not be like, you know, the the main jersey. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really cool, and that would be fun if they if they brought them back. I still I still want to see like Spike Eskin said this a few years ago. I think it was Spike Eskin. He was like, if they put Philly on a jersey. So many people would buy that jersey. 
Right. And they haven't done it. I would love to see that. But I wonder why that this, is. it's always Villa, which is like much less cool. Yeah. That's like the that's like the throwback to like the Wilt era, but which is fine. I don't mind it, but yeah. it'd be cool if they at least had like a city jersey or like an all, some kind of alternate jersey where it says Philly. Like, that'd yeah. be sick. I would love that. Emily, what do you think about the jerseys? I love the black jerseys. I think they because I think they mean a lot to the city because they were like they're so entwined with Allen Iverson and he obviously means a lot to the city. And I just, I just like to the idea of having a black jersey that says like MB that I didn't have to like custom create on yeah. NBAshop.com, like is so cool to me. And I just want to like see them wear them on Christmas or something like just like once a year. Like I don't yeah. need them to be like a consistent jersey. I just think that they're like a cool, not too far back throwback. I just, I love them. And I love that the Sixers were good when they had, it'd be cool. I don't yeah. know. And I also, I just, I like, you know, if this is something Simmons wants and like, he's a super important player on the team. I like the team giving an olive, olive branch to them. If they're like more excited to play in these jerseys or to be a part of that process, I think is really cool. I think Simmons and Embiid and Chris Paul would look really good in them. Um, and Robert Covington. And Covington. Um, this was fun. We did it. Um, is there anything, I don't think there's anything else from the week. Dan, good luck tomorrow, buddy. Thank um, you. Thank you. And uh, if Appreciate you guys have that. anything else, let me know. And if not, that's go it. Birds. Vote on Tuesday. Go Birds. Vote. Yeah, nobody needs us to tell them to go vote. <laughs> These are equal. <laughs> yes. Go Birds. Vote. One yeah. or the other. Um, yeah, you pick one. <laughs> um, yeah, go vote. Um, good luck to everybody by uh, next week. The Eagles might have won again. We'll see. Uh, good seeing you guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it right now. Do it. I've seen Ben DiNucci because he played at Pitt for like a season before he before he left for JMU. He is terrible. Like if he's, I don't see any surprises coming. Like if the Eagles somehow lose, it won't be because Ben DiNucci did anything great. It'll be that they just screwed up. I understand that intellectually, but like as an Eagles fan, I I can't like get rid of the possibility in my head. This guy just fucking kills us tonight. Dude, he's like, not going to be Joe Webb. I'm telling I you I hope right not. Now. I hope not. Emily, you're a Phillies fan. Before we, we're, this yeah. podcast is never going to end. Uh, Andy McPhail had another one of his great press conferences over the last few weeks. <laughs> and uh, he talked about how with the pandemic, there's nothing you can do. Can't really hire a GM until 2021. Like, how infuriating is that for you to watch him, like the other team in the city just hired these two giant guys. And like he's like, no one is looking for jobs in the pandemic. So <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've seen the job market. It's like, Andy, you're all millionaires. You could like work this out really easily. It drives me nuts. No, it, it's, it's very infuriating. Agreed. It, I don't yeah, know. No one is looking for jobs in the pandemic. Like, no. there are a few members of my family who would disagree. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Do they want to be the Phillies GM? That's fine. Nobody wants to upgrade. Bring in some new blood. I'm here for it. I think my mom would do a great job. Would she sign JT Real Muto? (laughs) Yes, she would do whatever everyone told her to do. Then this is what we need. (laughs) Dan's mom for Phillies GM. Here for it. She would do great. She would do great. She's a hard worker. I think she could do it. What's what's your name? Donna. Donna Valtteri. Donna. Yeah, we you have our vote on Tuesday. Write her in. I'm kidding. Don't actually. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, good seeing you guys. I'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.